Welcome to Words to Live By, a podcast series hosted by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. Each week, we will share some of the wit and wisdom of Ronald Reagan. In essence, Words to Live By, made up of radio addresses and speeches he delivered from the 1960s through the 1980s. Well, it's the month for celebrating our moms. I have a kitchen towel that says, turns out mom was right about everything. (laughs) Isn't that scary? But it's so true. As we get older and become parents and grandparents, we realize the great gifts we receive from our mothers, and President Reagan was no exception. In his autobiography, he wrote about not getting that first job he wanted so badly at Montgomery Ward right after college, and it was his mom who helped him come to terms with it. I was raised to believe that God has a plan for all of us, and that seemingly random twists of fate are part of this plan. Nellie, my mother, she was a small woman with auburn hair and a sense of optimism as deep as the cosmos, always told me everything in life happened for a purpose. All things were part of God's plan, even the worst setbacks, and in the end, everything worked out for the best. If something went wrong, she said, you didn't let it get you down. You stepped away from it, stepped over it, and moved on. Later on, she added, something good would happen, and you will find yourself thinking, if I hadn't had that problem back then, then this better thing that did happen wouldn't have happened to me. My mother, as usual, was right. So today's podcast will focus on the president's respectful communication on that most wonderful subject, motherhood. This is one of my favorite radio addresses delivered 40 years ago. Let's listen. My fellow Americans, this is a very special weekend in American life, a time specially set aside to honor our mothers and the mothers of our children. As we do, we acknowledge their role as the heart of our families and reinforce our families as the cornerstone of our society. In our families, and often from our mothers, We first learn about values and caring and the difference between right and wrong. Those of us blessed with loving families draw our confidence from them and the strength we need to face the world. We also first learn at home, and again often from our mothers, about the God who will guide us through life. The mothers we honor this weekend, young or not so young, partners or alone, well-to-do or sometimes agonizingly poor, are as diverse as our varied population but they share a commitment to future generations and a yearning to improve the world their children will inherit. They shape the America we know today and are now molding the character of our country tomorrow. Since men seem to have written most of our history books, the role of women and mothers in our communities and families has not always been given as due. But the truth is, the Wild West could never have been tamed, the vast prairies never plowed, nor God and learning brought to the corners of our continent without the strength, bravery, and influence of our grandmothers, great-grandmothers, and the women who came before them. Living through blizzards, plagues, prairie fires, and floods, these women made homes and started families, organized churches, and built schools. They served as teachers, field hands, physicians, and the center of the family. I was reading a book recently about Kansas frontier women and came across a passage that seemed to sum it all up. Esther Clark wrote... Mother has always been the gamest one of us. I can remember her hanging on to the reins of a runaway mule team, 
her black hair tumbling out of its pins and over her shoulders, her face set and white, while one small girl clung with chattering teeth to the sides of the rocking wagon and a baby sister bounced about on the floor in paralyzed wonder. I remember, too, the things the men said about Lenny's nerve. But I think as much courage as it took to hang on to the reins that day, it took more to live 24 hours at a time, month in and out, on the lonely and lovely prairie, without giving up to the loneliness. Of course, Lenny's nerve and strength are echoed in modern-day women and mothers who face different but equally trying tests of their courage. There are mothers like Rachel Rossow of Connecticut, for example, and Dorothy DeBolt of California, who, with their husbands, have adopted between them 25 handicapped boys and girls in addition to their own children. I had a chance to visit with Rachel and her family last month, and I can tell you I've never seen a happier group. I know the strains on them must be great, emotionally and financially, but not as great as the love they feel for each other. Of course, many millions of American mothers are quiet, everyday heroes, struggling to stretch budgets and too often maintaining their families alone. Many also contribute to society through full-time careers, and others are forced to work just to make ends meet. They're raising children in a fast-paced world where basic values are constantly questioned. Their monumental challenge is to bring their children into adulthood healthy and whole, nurturing their physical and emotional growth while avoiding the pitfalls of drug abuse and crime. The lives of American mothers today are far removed from the prairies, and yet they have a nobility about them too. Government should help, not hinder, parents in this task. And that's why our policies have been designed to restore the family to its rightful place in our society, combat the inflation that stole from family budgets, expand opportunity through a renewed economy, and hasten the return of values and principles that made America both great and good. On the economic front, I think we've made some solid progress in bringing relief to your financially strapped families. When we took office, inflation was at 12.4%, but it's only been one-half of 1% 1 for the last six months. You can see a difference in the grocery sales. A loaf of bread, for example, costs only two cents more now than it did in 1980. If we'd continued with the old rate of inflation, by now it would have cost 11 cents more. Milk is about 16 cents cheaper than it would have been, hamburger about 18 cents cheaper per pound, and the savings on a dozen eggs is as much as 50 cents. I don't have to tell the people who do the shopping how these savings add up. But for those of you who don't, we estimate that a family of four on a fixed income of $20,000 has $1,700 more in purchasing power this year than they would have had under the old inflation rate. The progress we're making with the economy, just like the national renewal we're seeing spring up all around us, is the product of our reliance again on good old-fashioned common sense, renewed belief in ourselves and faith in God. Now and then, I find guidance and direction in the worn brown Bible I use to take the oath of office. It's been the Reagan family Bible and, like many of yours, has its flyleaf filled with important events. Its margins are scrawled with insights and its passages underlined for emphasis. My mother, Nellie, made all those marks in that book. She used it to instruct her two young sons, and I look to it still. A passage in Proverbs describes the ideal woman, saying, Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Give her the product of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. Well, that passage 
calls for us to recognize the enormous strengths and contributions of women, wives, and mothers, and indicates to me that society always needs a little reminding. Now let us use this weekend as a symbol that we will always remember, reward, and recognize them, and use their examples of love and courage as inspiration to be better than we are. Till next week, thanks for listening, and God bless you. More about Ronald Reagan's thoughts on motherhood after this brief message. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation is the nonprofit organization created by President Reagan himself and specifically charged by him with continuing his legacy and sharing his principles, individual liberty, economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. We must remain vigilant and work together to share these conservative principles with younger generations. Your role is critical to move our mission forward. Thank you for your continued support. Please visit reaganfoundation.org give. That's reaganfoundation.org give. Now, back to the subject of moms. Our president couldn't resist talking a little about how his mother influenced him. This is an excerpt from Mother's Day in 1984, voiced when the Reagans visited an assisted living facility. Let's listen. You know, Nancy and I, coming down here from Camp David on the helicopter, we couldn't help but be thinking about this particular day and what it was. I think in hindsight, perhaps, I realize more about my mother than, and as so many of us knew, did not at the time. Nellie was a little woman, auburn hair, and I realize now had a strength through some very trying times that held our family together. She, we were poor, but the government didn't come around and tell us we were, so we didn't know it. And probably we didn't know it because Nellie was always finding someone that was worse off than we were uh, that needed help. And then a year later, after his overseas adventure in Europe, the president incorporated mom into his national radio address. Let's listen. Mothers are the creators of the family, and the family is the center of society. It's no accident that America chose to honor all mothers with a special holiday. After all, mothers have made a unique contribution to our country. They are the main communicators of the values by which our nation has flourished for more than 200 years. The values of honesty, responsibility, decency, and personal effort. By imparting these and other values to our children, the mothers of America quite literally shape the future. Mother's Day takes on a special significance this year for a number of reasons. One is the extraordinary phenomena of the mothers of America joining together to press for much needed change in our society. There's Mothers Against Drunk Driving, the remarkable group started by a woman whose daughter was killed several years ago by a drunk driver. MAD, as it is called, has been responsible for helping bring tougher laws against drunk drivers in many states. The group has also heightened public awareness of the problem of drunk driving and made our children more aware of its hazards. There is also the growing number of women who've joined in the fight against drug abuse. Recently in Washington, there was a very important conference for the wives of 17 heads of state and government leaders 
on how they can strengthen families and help combat the epidemic of drug addiction among our children. That meeting was conceived and chaired by another Reagan named Nancy. I'm deeply proud of her involvement in this crusade, proud of her heartfelt commitment and the sacrifices she's made to help children in their struggle against drug addiction. Nancy, like any mother, feels pain when she sees and hears the cry of a child. So I hope you don't mind my taking this moment to say thanks, Nancy, and happy Mother's Day. And like all of you, I find my thoughts turning to my own mother, Nellie Reagan. She was truly a remarkable woman, ever so strong in her determination, yet always tender, always giving of herself to others. She never found time in her life to complain. She was too busy living those values she sought to impart in my brother and myself. She was the greatest influence on my life. And as I think of her this weekend, I remember the words of Lincoln, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my mother. There's a group of mothers I'd like to mention whose lives aren't remarked upon enough, but who should be given special mention today. That is the group of mothers who've made an extraordinary personal commitment by adopting children with special needs. These are mothers who have adopted older children, often foster children, and mothers who have taken in children who are unwell, either emotionally or physically, or who need special care of one sort or another. No one knows the heartaches and joys these mothers go through, helping those who are most in need of a parent's loving concern. Finally, one other group deserves special honors. It's the largest of all, the Working Mothers of America. Some devote their full time to raising families. Others combine that responsibility with jobs in the marketplace. Some are breadwinners, others are not, but all deserve our respect and thanks. All of these mothers work hard. In fact, they must be the hardest working people in America. Happy Mother's Day to these and all other mothers. Until next week, thanks for listening, and God bless you. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, including information on how to become a member, information on upcoming exhibits at the Reagan Library, and more information on the legacy of President Reagan, please visit reaganfoundation.org. And don't forget to like and follow the Reagan Foundation on all social media platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the Words to Live By podcast in your iTunes or Google Play stores and on other podcast platforms as they become available. New episodes of Words to Live By come out every Tuesday. Like what you hear? Check out our A Reagan Forum podcast featuring great speeches delivered at the Reagan Library. New episodes drop every Thursday. And... Don't forget to follow at Ronald Reagan on Facebook, at Ronald Reagan 40 on Twitter, and Reagan Foundation on YouTube. Also, search for us on SoundCloud and Stitcher.